Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Secret Library Podcast. Welcome to Season 6. As we celebrate six years of the show, we are exploring a very important theme, publication. What does publication mean for you as a writer? What are the choices available? And how does that impact both you and your book? We'll be talking with multiple writers on their publication experience this season, helping you get closer to publication as well. Our guest this week is A.L. Berggren. She is an author and small business owner from Stockholm, Sweden, living in London since 1996 and writing in English. The creation of stories has always been A.L. Berggren's passion. Beginning in 2012, she began working on a fictional story, The Secret of the Crying Minds, as a creative outlet during a painful divorce and transition to life as a single mother alongside her demanding career. However, it wasn't until June 2020, during Corona National Lockdown, and as a result of being abruptly furloughed, that she finally challenged herself to become a published writer. At this stage, the story had developed into a series of five books. The second book, The Hunt of the Crying Minds, followed already in December 2020, and the third book, The Battle of the Crying Minds, was published in October 2021. A.L. Berggren strongly believes in doing good now and that every little bit to help make a positive change is worth it. She donates 15% of all book profits to selected charities close to her heart. Currently, she works exclusively with the charity Do Good Now to support them in their phenomenal work against human trafficking and creating a more empathetic world. I was thrilled to speak to A.L. Berggren the L stands for Louise, so you may hear me call her Louise during the conversation. She went from hoping that one day she would get published to asking herself a series of questions about what her priorities were and what was important to her about sharing this book. And we dive really deep into those questions in this episode because I think it's these questions that can help any writer clarify what they hope to achieve with publication. So I know no matter what path you decide to take with your book, you'll be inspired hearing from A.L. Berggren and the incredible process she's gone through with now her three books, soon to be four, that are currently published. Join me in welcoming A.L. Berggren. Hi, Louise. Thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Oh, hi, and thanks so much for having me today. So I have been really looking forward to speaking to you because we are talking about, as you and I have discussed, publication this season, and you have such a fantastic story of going from dreaming of being a writer for a long time, from a young age, and then making that happen during the madness that was 2020. So I would love it if you could share a little bit of a snapshot of you'd had this idea for a while, but something drove you into action that year. Yeah, and I think, I, I mean, for, for I, I, I've been writing this story actually for about 10 years, but it's been for myself and it's been almost like therapy for me. I love writing and I've, I've, and this story came to me years ago and I've, uh, and I've been writing ever since. But when you're a, a, you're a single parent, you have two children, you have full-time work, you just never get to that, or I didn't. I didn't get to that um, time where I could complete the books and really work with the material and 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 make my dream come true but then I very very suddenly became furloughed from my job and that was a bit of an sort of initial shock uh, but then I realized that this was the opportunity that I, I guess not been waiting for no one wished 2020 to have happened with with a pandemic but for me it was an, a, a sudden opportunity to do this and I thought I thought at, at first I was going to have like a two three months in isolation and that's what was, was talked about so I said okay I'm gonna I want to take book one of my story um, from um, the whole process and actually get it published within these three months. So I set my, myself a three month time limit, limit. And then I used my sort of, some of the, um, um, my knowledge and expertise from the corporate world within agile, agile development and thinking uh, and, and apply that to my whole, taking my book to publication. So I, uh, everything from breaking down, like what do you need? Um, you need obviously the, the book, the design of the covers, you need the editing, um, the whole editing process. You need to complete complete the books and the chapters, of course, uh, but also everything around it. You, you know, the website, the social media. How am I gonna How am I gonna establish this and um, and take this book to the market? So it was not only publishing the book, but it was also looking at how I can take that um, somewhere. And I really quickly made the decision to not even contact. Um, publishing companies or agents because I my, my background is in sales and marketing and I also had big plans for the books. I want to give a certain amount um, of the book profits to charity and I, I wanted to have complete full autonomy all over the decision-making and, and the books, and but primarily the speed because I knew this opportunity will just not come back um, or hopefully not come back. Um, in that in the same sense but um so so i um, um i started with you know, writing up um uh, i guess you can call it a kanban board but looking at all the different elements that what um what's what's going to happen within this really realistically 12 weeks um and uh, creating that backlog or to-do list um, and then starting to look at, okay, so what do I start with? Really looking at what, what's most important and how do I need to do this? Um, and um, 
Yeah, I, I think I, I couldn't have done it without an amazing support from um, uh, both family and friends and also it, within that family and friends, like really like great professionals. So um, one one very close friend of mine, Maria, she's a senior graphic designer. So she worked with me on the covers and, you know, bringing those ideas and dreams alive. And she did a fantastic job. Uh, with that, I, I was working with um, um, uh, both my parents, who both are uh, experienced in uh, writing books and published books. Um, and uh, so in the editing process, as well as one another good friend of mine who is a lawyer and also very, very capable in the English language, who also were in the editing process. So I, I set myself up because I didn't I was not in the position to afford to higher um like at, at that stage a um and a professional editor and um and and so on so this is what i did um and i managed to take book one from basically nothing to uh, being published i think i was one or two days before ahead of schedule uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh and um so I managed to turn it around in 12 weeks and and, and and also on top of that with the website and the, the sort of the marketing platform for the for the books um, or for at least book one to start with. Yeah, so that's, that was, sorry, I was... <laughs> that's no. <laughs> but, that's, um, <laughs> it's such an incredible example and something that I think in particular writers don't think about, but I see this all the time with students, and you're such a wonderful example, is that many of us believe that the skills you need for writing and publishing books are somehow in this very separate category that has nothing to do with what we do every day. And yet here, you have all of this knowledge about agile development and marketing and managing these sorts of projects and all of that knowledge you just picked up and put it on the book and yeah. we have to remember that all of us who have had most writers have had other jobs there are things that you've learned that will help you with the book absolutely and I think I, I was very much helped with this way of with this way of working and this way of thinking, and also it's the thinking of it can be done in a quite short space of time and not letting fear hold you back, um, and thinking although this is going to take much longer. And I think I kind of eliminated that fear with make the decision of not going to publishing companies because I knew that the things that would have taken the longest was to approach. First of all, you could have approached 100 publishing companies and got turned down of all, or it could have been uh, maybe a yes, but it takes months. In And especially we were in a national lockdown, so I could not see how anyone would actually really respond within that time I had. So it was just like, so if I would have made a decision of, of which was another option, you know, that could have been a way that I... Um, that I went to send the manuscript off and, and all sorts. But then I had to count with waiting at least three months before I get a response back. Um, I mean, so I, I'm, I'm sure some publishing houses are quicker or some people you never hear about, hear from ever again. So it's a lot of time would have been wasted in a waiting game, which I felt I didn't have. I felt after three months, I'm going to start working 
again, you know, in a similar corporate environment. But And what happened was actually I did, but I got furloughed a second time because of the when the third national lockdown happened, the investors pulled out from that initiative as well. So I then, um, but and I also had book two was kind of lined up with, with the material quite well. So I published the second book already the same year in December. So wow. I, I, I actually managed to do two, but I think only because in the first initial state, I created the book covers and so on with, with Maria for all five books. It's actually going to be five books in total. But so a lot of that work had already been done and the design and how we were thinking um, and the, the way I structured the book and all of those things had been done. Uh, so the, the book two was was easier for me to to get out. Um, and then and then I um, uh, when I got furloughed this, the second time, I decided to start my own publishing company for my own books and then and a consulting business. Um, so I started that in January last year and I published my third book last year as well. So, so 2021, I, the third book came out. And uh, this year, I hope the fourth book is going to come out. <laughs> it's uh, one thing that I really love about this is how clear your decision making was. And I'm wondering if we can dive in a little deeper to the questions you asked yourself in order to make these decisions, because I think a lot of people historically, there's been this real push towards traditional publishing. And now that's shifting where people are going for traditional or publishing independently based on their goals. And one of the goals that I'm hearing you mention that's a really important one is time. You know, how long is it going to take before this book comes out? Another one you mentioned is how much control am I going to have over this project? And I'm wondering what other questions and, and values you thought about when you were making these decisions, because I love your clarity on this. And I think it would be so helpful for other people to make those decisions for themselves and their projects. I mean, I, I think that um, uh, I think that you you so spot on there. I mean, time and control, there are the, the, the two, uh, I think, the, the most important one for me because I only thought I would have, in, initially, I, I thought, like, okay, I'm going to have this maybe three months. But then when I managed to do that, I changed it a little bit because I'm thinking, no, I'm actually going to create a life with more time for this. So that I can I can complete this and I can do this and I can continue to do this, but one aspect I think why I made that decision is capability. Um, so we touched upon it, and I just felt I worked with sales and marketing and business development within IT primarily, but but my whole life, um, and um, and uh, and also digital transformation, and and I thought okay, I think I can, if I can create a good product that people want to buy because they like the story, I would be able to do this. I mean, and not in an arrogant way. I understand that a publisher and an agent has got a huge amount of contacts um, and it's incredibly valuable knowledge and experience. But I think that, um, I think that from a sales and marketing digitally, I think that maybe in some places I'm even more experienced um, in, in putting that together because for me I look at it as a product when I put my, my when I put my um, 
sort of sales and marketing hat on, this is product. But then I put my author, I have my author heart and it is my product. I created it. So I'm kind of both. I'm production and I am sales and marketing. And I think I thought, okay, I can actually do this. I think I can. Sometimes I think I was a bit more, a little bit naive in certain aspects on that. Um, things that I didn't know when I started out, which I could have, you know, maybe done a little bit differently. I would have if I, with that knowledge, if I would have started out. Um, but with the decisions, it was that I thought, okay, I think I can do this. It was also because my books, there are about quite, some of it's quite tough topics and there's some darkness in there. I feel very, very strong for some of these uh, topics. And I wanted to really dive in with the charity aspects of things. So that was also a part of the decision-making that I wanted to be a voice, but a fictional voice for this. And I wanted to support organizations the way I wanted. I really didn't. So I guess it's back to control. It's between... But but I I felt like maybe this could be another type of voice for this, but just in a um, for is you know some tough topics around abuse and so on and and uh, brainwashing and and addictions and um, there is yes it, it's I don't know um, it was an, all of those together that created the um, the my decision. But it also is funny because I, I go to a lot of forums with authors. I love the writing community at Twitter, for example, where a lot of us who's who's working and supporting each other. And, and I think that's um, uh, really amazing. Um, but there are people talking about um, <laughs> the, uh, um, like self-publishing and, um, um, and, and, uh, not self-publishing and some people who has gone to publishing companies and the rejections after rejection after rejection after rejection I never even gone through that process so my confidence has been like really quite awesome you know from the <laughs> because I haven't had to deal with all those rejection letters because I'm sure I would have had them because um um, and maybe I would have had some positives as well, but I don't know. So it's an unknown for me. So I I can live in this sort of happy pink cloud, <laughs> thinking that maybe everyone would have said yes because I believe in my story. I believe it's you know it's a it's a good story, and I would love to share it with people and see what they think. And um, so I think when I did my first initial rounds of of like better readers, you know, pe- people who were reading it and I got really positive feedback. I think that boosted my confidence. I go like, I can do this. I can do this. Why not? Even if it's just my parents who likes this. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I, I just thought I, I'm going to, I'm going to tr- try and do this. And one of my goals has always also be actually to transform the books to visual, to serious, to TV or to TV or film. And I think that's another thing that, you know, you just, I want to create this the way I want to create this and then see, even if just sort of that story, you know, that you have inside you and you want to share it like that and you don't want maybe too many people interfering in it before it's ready, like the the whole, the, the five books, the whole saga is sort of done. And then, and maybe then at that point, you never know later on, maybe a publisher, you start working with a publisher later on in a 
maybe that's a, a good approach. But for now, definitely not. This is great. <laughs> I think it's such a great point because it's true, you know, having myself been on the receiving end of either total silence when submitting material <laughs> yeah. or uh, thank you, this is great, but it's not for me. You know, those kinds of responses. I think this is something that most people don't think about that you get to put work out and get responses from readers and see how they feel in a completely different way as an independent, an independent publishing author. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost it's, like there's an agile process there. It's like, yes, put it the story is, see how everyone responds. And I can put that learning into the next book. And you always have control over whether or not there is another book. And, and I, I did exactly that. I, I think I have actually republished book one probably five times because oh, wow yeah yeah so re- because you can do it it's much easier to upload a new manuscript so it's not a massive process and also another thing which is both good for the environment and for and for um, from a cost perspective is that with for example amazon they print on demand rather than have a massive you know, garage or something full of books that you have to pay before. And then for me, uh, um, a mother of, of two, you know, who's it's a big expense to go out and, and purchase or print up a lot of books um, before you have sold them. So, so that was also another reason was the financial aspect. So back to, to the de- decisions there, but also the flexibility. So, so I, when I had exactly that feedback from readers, they're like, oh, we found something here, you know, this. And I go like, oh, oh my, you know, even if it's a tiny spelling mistake or a, or a comma or anything, I can just go in and change the manuscript and upload it again. So the next day, the next person who buys that book won't have that. And then also I went through, so after the book's been released, um, so for about, was it? Yeah, then almost as so a ten month, I ha- could afford to uh, to hire an editor. So I then then I republished the books in in April, um, and then the first one, and I think a couple of months later, the, the the second one, and then the third one has been. I've been working with the same editor, so it's a process because you know when you start with nothing, then you build, and then I started my company and everything. So really gradually I've been able to to do them more professionally I mean would I have wanted from day one to hire an expensive editor and do it right yes but I couldn't so it's like very agile in that sense you release the first sort of um, MVP and then you get you know feedback on it and then you change it and you improve it and and I think hopefully um, we we're getting there but I'm I'm not uh, at all sort of set in stone that this needs to be the end result. I'm I'm a believer in continuous improvement and in continuous learning and um and yeah, we don't know where we're going to end up <laughs> after the versions. Yeah, I think this is also such an important point that that many writers don't give themselves the luxury of thinking that your book doesn't have to be carved in stone because we often think like, okay, if you write for a blog or a web platform, then you can change it and edit it like you're talking about. But a book is something that gets printed and then that's it. 
You know, you have to let it go. And (laughs) even traditionally published books, um, I learned this several years ago and was shocked. Um, Publishers will let, if authors make a big stink, they will let you change something between the hardback and the paperback edition. If they're like, I hate this paragraph, I got to fix it. Um, I I know, I know authors who've done this. And so it's, but, but to have control over that process yourself is huge. And it's, yes. I think with a creative process too, as you say, for those who are not familiar, MVP is minimum viable product. So it's, you put out the initial version of something and then you build. And we don't let ourselves think about books this way, but I think it's a beautiful model. Yeah, I, I think so. And also because when you're an author or a creative, you have a creative mind and you have a story to tell, in, in my head, it's so clear. It's so clear what's going on. But then, and then you write it down and it's still clear in my head. So I think sometimes it's, if someone comes back, and my parents have been particularly incredible with this from a reader understanding point of view, do they get everything? So um, they really sort of follow the red thread. Have a, is, is it clear? Um, and, and I think they've been, they've been a phenomenal sort of a, a different kind of editing and it's just sort of it hasn't been focused on the English language because I'm obviously Swedish and they are as well so I'm writing in English and and it's not my native language so I've had to rely on support from um, uh, from English native speakers and, and so who can who can who can help their my sometimes swinglish expressions <laughs> to be translated um but um i mean you it's been an interesting journey from that point of view yes i am so i have to say i'm so impressed because as a person who lives in a country where the main language is not my native language i cannot in a million years imagine writing fiction in German it's so terrifying (laughs) and I'm interested because you write fairly dark suspense (laughs) fiction and there is a huge tradition of dark suspense fiction in Sweden have you ever thought of putting the books out in Swedish because it seems like they would get eaten up do you know what I actually I I, it is in the pipeline. I will do it. Um, I, I will translate it for sure. Um, but I also think there is an appetite for Nordic, <laughs> oh, dark, 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 twisted um, worldwide. So I think the I, it was again. I guess it is a business decision as well um, as a competence decision. So I took the decision of English is a bigger market. I live in the UK. Um, then you suddenly you have quite major markets that you can go in immediately. Um, a lot of Swedes read English very well um, and um, and and speak English very well. Um, so better than, a, better than many native English speakers in my experience. <laughs> uh, yes, it's. Um, um, I think I think that for us um, it was, um, or, or for me that decision was. Also, because when I started to write, initially when I started to write, I started in Swedish. But because the English language is so, so much richer, it's such a, it's so much easier to express yourself in different nuances in English than it is in Swedish. So I've been here for too long. So I was, I was like, 
in no man's land. I was one for, because I'm native Swedish, so my Swedish is maybe better, but my English vocabulary would might be broader. So it was, I, 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 and, and it was actually, that was my biggest confidence issue was the, in, was the writing in, in not the, not the story, not the plot, not the characters, but the actual to bring that to life in the, best way possible and I'm not trained you know in English in that sense so um, I'm quite good at expressing myself in English about technology and agile development and transformation and things like that but um, to then become and write fiction it is I mean it's been an amazing amazing challenging journey for me and I've learned so much from book one to book three I mean I think I've developed a huge amount as well it's been like a degree in itself um, and which I love I love that but but it was from the beginning I think because right I've been writing as I said before for 10 years this story I've been writing and writing and I was like oh my god I think I think the language is too simple for to to be a book in in English and um and you know and is that going to be good enough so that was the confidence issue that held me back a bit like or, or that I didn't push it down because I knew I needed to work the material like much much more I think than in my writing it was almost like you write and you write and you write but it's not worked it's like it's just written it's like a diary you just write and write uh, because I, I never could stop writing and the book just got longer and longer <laughs> more, more, more words. and it was just I'm like oh this is not one book this is two and then it's like no this is not two books this is three and it just sort of I couldn't stop, um, but I just felt that it maybe the language wasn't good enough. So that has been a lot of work has gone into that, and um, I don't know. You you be the judge. <laughs> well, I think the most important thing is, as you were saying, that people understand the story. You know that they they feel what you're trying to communicate, which I think is successful. And that's good. That's really good because it is, you need to follow a lot of like characters and red threads and that's important. Yes, exactly. I want to go back to something you said earlier. I can never resist this point when people bring it up, which is you said, if I could go back to the beginning, I would do some things differently. And my ears always perk up and I think, what, what would you do differently? So people <laughs> listening can do those things now. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I thought you were going to maybe pick up on that. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, <laughs> um, you don't miss a thing, uh, which is great. Um, no, I think one of the things when you publish with, with Amazon, so I went in there and uh, and you go, oh, this is great. And they ask, do you do you want an ISBN number? Oh, yes, that's great. And, and I, you click, you know, sort of, oh, this is always all free and it's all good, and which was the solution I needed for where I was sitting. Um, but I think, for example, now with a third book, I have bought my own ISBN numbers from Nielsen um, because you have, again, back to control, it would have been <laughs> better, it would have been better to, at least, even if you invest in just one, but I bought a pack now of 10 ISBN numbers, but I think some of the distribution channels I feel is not working that well with Amazon. I think they're amazing to get your book out and the incredible software to get the digital, you know, the Kindle books out 
Um, and also now they've, they even um, introduced hardcover, they have paperback. So I think technically they're great and they, it's easy and it's very easy to follow instructions and so on. Uh, they help you with templates, even for the book, even for the like the, the Word documents. It's, it's incredible support. But I feel that getting your book then into bookshops, physical bookshops and other um, distributors, they pick up they, they pick up your books because if you do an extended distribution with Amazon, but you you have no idea who's buying the books. You you just don't there's I feel like it's a complete lack of control and you can't um you can't go properly with that ISBN number to to expand. So I doesn't sound a bit of a mess of this, but what I find the finding was it was better to have my own ISBN number. So I can then, for example, maybe sign up with Ingram Spark or someone else who's a better for self-publishers to manage the whole distribution channels, all the distribution channels and see who is buying your books. And 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 I think I would have I would have done that from the beginning, would I have known. I would have probably not changed, go with Amazon as a start and just do that and concentrate on that well because huge amount of this book sales is actually done on Amazon. So you have a tack you you kind of tackled a biggest market, but for the more traditional, and, and I think every author's dream is on beyond that bookshelves, you know, somewhere. And I have good news because I have the my the first bookshop um, and a bookshop in in Sweden is is taking my books in now, and they going to start to selling uh, sell them in end of January. And and I haven't even I haven't even actually gone to the bookshops in in England yet uh, because I've been concentrating on getting the books out but that's a big win for me it's going to be in my hometown in my home village um, in that bookshop it's going to start selling my books very soon so that's it's getting there but it was a little bit longer and more complicated and I think if I would have known that it's better to you to own your ISBN numbers to start with and with the flexibility and because it's also I can't change it if I change it now I lose all the reviews so if I change the ISBN number so then all the reviews um, that has been uh, connected with that book I will lose that and I don't want to lose that because you reviews are so important and they you know you appreciate them so much and you don't want to lose them and that's for all the listeners here. Review books. <laughs> yes, review books that you enjoy. Review it means books. a lot to the authors. Yes. I think this is great because this circling back to our decisions, I think in the past, a lot of people would have decided against independent publishing because they think I want my books to be in bookstores. But you're a great example of you don't have to go with traditional publishing in order to get into a bookstore. Maybe a lot of traditional publishers have a more direct relationship, but it doesn't rule it out at all if that's your goal. Yeah. Yes. I think, and I think it's just a little bit more maybe research, and it's not going to be as simple as being, you know, the an, an established publisher will have all those relationships and. And they also take the bulk of the cost of the printing. So it's another another thing when you are, you have to think carefully. And that's one of the reasons why I have waited for a bit because I needed to be in a position that I can afford to get a bit of sort of stock going for the bookshops. So, um, and, and mainly because you just need to figure out how the logistics is going to work around it. So it's a bit more tricky, but it's definitely... 
uh, doable and and workable. And I feel really excited about this. Uh, it's gonna for me. That's gonna be a massive like feather in the hat and go like, yay, I did it. I'm in a bookshop and it's not just online. I mean, it, of course, it's really good to be online and in bookstores. And, and even, I, I mean, my books are available even on Waterstones on on the on their uh, the website. So a lot of the online um, online bookshops uh, have have um, picked the books up. But I just it just feels like when you click on it, it's it's a you know it can take like two weeks to deliver. The distribution channel doesn't work. I feel when it's extended. Yep. And just that it is, it's a different thing. And I love that it's your hometown. There's something so beautiful about that. And you get to walk into that shop um, whenever you get to go there next. I mean, we're all kind of limited in the traveling, but <laughs> yes, but at least being but... able to know that those books are on shelves is a huge deal. So congratulations for that. Thank you. Thank you. No, that means a lot. So Louise, I know we could we could go on and on about this, but I feel that I hope that this is a, an inspiring example for people to hear that if you've got a story, put it out there and see how the world responds. And it's, it is possible and you can make that happen. So thank you so, so much for, for sharing this story with us. Oh, and thank you so much, Karina, for having um, having me on this on this uh, podcast, uh, and for all your podcasts. They're brilliant, um, and we should all all share them and listen to them and review them. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves reviews. Everybody does. It is true. Yes, Everybody wants a absolutely. review. Thank you. Thank you so. Thank much. you so much.